are listening to episode 15. Welcome to the Well Woman Collaborative Podcast, where we believe that women who count themselves worthy of being well change the world. I'm your host, Brooke Peterson, author, entrepreneur, and founder of Well Woman Co. After struggling with disorder eating and poor self-image for over a decade, I was set free in an instant and finally found the courage to step into my true identity. I'm now on a mission to help other women uncover vibrant health and live a life on purpose. It's time to tune out distractions and tune into the truth about who you were created to be. If you're ready to ditch the comparison game, receive fresh revelation, actionable tips and tricks, and honest conversations with down-to-earth experts to help you live the life you were designed for, you've come to the right place. Each week, we will be closing with a key takeaway that will move you one step further in your wellness journey, along with an in-real-life moment to wrap up each episode. Welcome to the Well Woman Collaborative Podcast, well-being for the modern-day woman. Today, we get the honor of chatting with Peng Shua, the founder of Lou and Riley, a jewelry company. Her and her husband's work have led them to live all over the country, so anyone with a travel bug will love what she has to say today. But we also get into the topic of trauma, as Peng Shua shares her experiences and how she found healing. The result was that she started something beautiful. For anyone listening to who hasn't experienced a major trauma or pain today is for you. Listen to the whole podcast. I'll make sure to share a key to take you one step further in your health and wellness journey. Enjoy my conversation with Peng Shua today as she shares how she turned her pain into purpose. All right, today on Well Woman Collaborative Podcast, we have our first ever jewelry designer on the show. And you guys know by now we have guests on the Well Woman Collaborative Podcast in the era of health, home, and hustle. And I can't wait to introduce you to Peng Schwa. She is a designer and founder of Lou and Riley, an online jewelry business boutique featuring handmade statement earrings. And her mission is to empower the modern women sounds familiar, to live with confidence, inspiring her to live out her wildest dreams and to live with a deep conviction that she is worthy and she is treasured. Oh my snap, I have goosebumps. I love this mission statement and I just got to say you guys have got to check out her earrings. They are on real. I have myself a pair and I'm so excited to um, share all the links. But today, Pink Schwa, I just want to welcome you to our community today. Thanks for having me, Brooke. I'm so excited. I, I cannot believe that we connected on Instagram and Pink Schwa, when I saw, I told you this, I saw your your Instagram and your bio, which was similar to this. I went on your website and I was tearing up on your website because I could not believe that someone who was making, handcrafting jewelry had this type of mission statement. And um, I just feel like your heart is 
um, so apparent and authentic in everything that you do. So I can't wait for the listeners to get to know you a little bit today. So that being said, I know you're a woman of mighty adventure. So why don't you, sh- you yeah. share with us who you are in your own words and where you are in the corner, um, in what corner of the world you are now? Yes. Um, well, I always struggle when people ask me where I am because I always have to try and wrap my head around where I actually am. Um, so my husband and I are from North Carolina. I actually grew up on the northeast part of the state. Um, but while living in North Carolina, my husband and I um, made a decision to kind of live this nomadic lifestyle. Um, He works for Chick-fil-A and the part of his role was to travel city to city, grand opening new restaurants. And I help along with that process. Um, We've been in it for a little over a year. And currently I am in New York City. (laughs) And we'll be here for a few months. Yes. That's so fun. Okay, well, we got to ask you, what's your favorite thing to order at Chick-fil-A? Oh, my gosh. Okay, (laughs) if I can make it there um, early enough, I mean, which breakfast ends at 1030, but chicken (laughs) minis are, like, my absolute favorite thing. I just love it. It's Okay. Yeah, the butter. mm. So good. We we have a, yeah. a Chick Fil A next door, and my three year old daughter. It's her favorite place to go. Obviously, she's she calls it Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. It's a good day Chick-a-lay. when we go to Chick Fil A. So okay, uh. you're, you're in New York City now. You are you founded Lou and Riley, and I know one of the things that we're going to talk about today is really how you you figure out how to own your story, and sounds like after you own your story, then this business was birthed. And so I want to dive in a little bit about, about your story and what captivated you after kind of mining out the significance that inspired you to start this business. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, gosh, so my story, I just actually got done talking to a couple of friends about this, that I feel like for most of my life, um, I have tried to live out the story that my family or loved ones wanted me to live out, Um, whether it was going to college or fulfilling, you know, the American dream to their definitions, and just really wrestled with that through, like, my young, you know, 20s um and even post you know college still um struggling with that and when I came to um my faith um in Jesus I then felt like there was this whole other layer of wrestling with these I mean, when I say cultural expectations the expectations that the church placed on women or um, a woman of color, especially here in America, I really just didn't know like what my story was or you know where I fit. Um, I lived in a predominantly white community, and so for me, I really struggled to find anyone I could relate to or even feel like 
I was worthy of the long game. Um, I moved to North Carolina for college and moved to this town where I didn't know anybody, but just very much felt called. Um, and within my first month of moving there, um, I actually was raped on campus. Mm-hmm. And I, again, just like wrestled with like, God, like, why me? Like, did I do this to myself? And um, I didn't ever really want to kind of dig deep into that. So again, just like years of suppressing the need to um, dig deeper and the need to peel back those layers of trauma um, not just that I experienced in that year, but, you know, like even in my own childhood. Um, but it wasn't until I probably was like my senior year, um, battled with depression, tried to commit suicide twice. Um, and by my senior year, like had this, like, almost come to Jesus moment. Um, I was riding down the road and saw all of these like I don't know they were like parkers for this church and they were waving people in and I just said okay like here's your opportunity (laughs) um I went and you know like I was a person who hated to go anywhere by herself Mm -hmm. and I just said something's got to change I don't know what it is and it and if it means like walking to this building and just like believing that you'll have, you know, a moment (laughs) to just, like, change your future, and it sure did, Um, Mm -hmm. walked into this church, and just automatically felt like it was a place that I belonged, and I didn't have, you know, like, I haven't had that feeling, I mean, really since, like, childhood, like, feeling like I belonged in a family unit, but um, so for me to have reached that point going into my senior year and feeling like, wow, I have a community, it really changed, um, uh, just my outlook at life. Um, yes, it did take still a lot of work, like in me trying to, um, change behavioral, you know, things, um, mindset, but I just saw this difference in like some of the women who had mentors. And I never even knew what that was, like heard the word, but I was like, whatever that is, like, I want it. (laughs) So I reached out to this older woman um, and I just said, like, whatever I know, like, is that I need a mentor and everything that I've been doing up to this point has not made me happy and has not made me the person who, like, I feel like I should be, even though, like, I'm still wrestling to figure out what that is, but, like, one thing I'm sure of is I know God placed a purpose in my life, and, like, I want to find out what that is, Mm -hmm. Um, so she was someone who walked with me through, I mean, just this young girl trying to figure out her life and living very much in two worlds, like trying to live in the church world and live in like the world world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And there was just so much grace and patience that she had with me. Um, But it was one of the most like powerful relationships that taught me like to be authentically me, to show up with my failures, to show up, you know, with, I mean, my poor decisions or even my questions. And from there, um, it was probably 
maybe about two years after lasting in that relationship, um, the guy who raped me actually came back in the picture. Um, I was just, I mean, thankfully, just like protected from the years that it happened. So from the time that it happened to the time that I saw him, it probably was like a seven-year gap. Wow. Um, yes. And so when I saw him, I very much um, had at that point owned that part of the story that I had been raped, that it wasn't my fault. Um, you know, did you, I did you see to, him just like out and about? Was it at a? I actually so the first time I saw him, I was actually at Applebee's <laughs> um, for a lunch with some girlfriends, and I was facing the door, and he had just walked in and stood at, at the hostess station. And I was like in the middle of telling the story and just stopped. And it was, I mean, I completely froze and just panicked and was crying. And everyone was like, what's going on? Um, And, you know, I had only shared with a small handful of people about that experience. And so for me, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like I thought this was behind me. Right. Um, so, you know, they helped me get back to my house and, um, I really, gosh, talk about like post-traumatic stress, like had nightmares and just, I was so fearful of going out in public because I didn't want to have a run-in with him. Um, and you know, it took a lot of prayer and just, I mean, golly, I do not know what I would do without that supernatural, like peace and patience um, of just like leaning on the Lord, but um, I was getting ready for a friend's um, engagement party, and I went to the grocery store to pick up some flowers for um, the party, and it was like all of a sudden I had these like hyper senses, um, and I could sense him like within just like, yeah, my peripheral, I just like turned around and it was like, boom, there he was. Um, and he jokingly had asked me, you know, like how I was doing and if we wanted to hang out. And he did not. He did. And, you know, and I kind of like replayed over and over, like what I would say, how I would react in this type of situation. But I also remember, like, I had forgiven him years ago, like made the decision to forgive him. So in that moment, I just told him with as much boldness as I could, like, how dare you speak to me? And if you didn't remember what happened, it was just like, I just can't believe that you would have the audacity to talk to me right now. Just like, and I just want you to know that I've chosen to forgive you. And I walked away. Um, It was, I mean, it was a moment of me again, like learning to just own my story, but also like owning my voice that I am okay. And that, yeah. Um, You know, it, it definitely was a moment where I felt like, okay, like you can do this, you can face anything. And I mean, I literally felt so empowered. Um, Was there ever law enforcement involved? No, law enforcement was never involved. And by the time that I 
realized like what happened to me, it was already like two and a half years after the fact. Um, And at that point, I had kind of just said, you know what, like, I've made peace with it at this point. I think a lot of it also was like, I just didn't want to have to go through the drama of like, well, he was a student athlete. And so I just knew that there would have been a lot of drama, you know, putting a student athlete in the headlines and making these accusations. Um, And that was not something that I wanted to walk through. Um, I actually never even told my parents. And um, yeah, it just, it was a, it was a hard part of just my early um, adulthood that I did not want to own. Um, I carried a lot of shame with it. And I think also with that experience, um, I felt like it was something that was ingrained like in me, like I was a person born with faults, a person who, you know, just like walked around with, um, those words on her head you know it's just mm-hmm. like oh yeah like she's vulnerable or she's easy um and those were things and that I just labeled that I allowed myself to carry um when I talk about like living a promiscuous lifestyle I mean that was me I did not like I do not remember like spending a week without a guy I mean, I mean, like, whether that was being in a relationship or talking or hanging out or going on a date, like, I just felt like I had to have someone. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, again, that was like a loss of identity. And for me, also just trying to assume the story that I thought was mine, Um, assume that I didn't deserve better. Right. Um, well, I yeah. am so appreciative of you sharing that really vulnerable moment in your life. And I know that there's women listening who can relate to that. And so I think the courage of you sharing the story is so important and kind of talking about, okay, how did you heal and how did you move beyond that? And even mm. you sharing, like, these are the thoughts, these, this is the identity I took on because of that instance. Right. And you know, one of the things you mentioned is for you, you know, walking into a church, walking into a place that, you know, hopefully we expect to be accepting and gracious. And thankfully, it sounds like the place that you wound up and were kind of ushered into, whether you wanted to or not, maybe that day was a great place. And so I want to ask you um, a question about your mentor you mentioned, because I think I'm, I've not experienced this, but I could maybe assume somebody in this position like wants help you know and wants healing so Mm -hmm. how how would you you know talk to a woman or a young a young girl that has experienced this like how do you even approach another woman who you admire from the outside to say hey can you listen to my story or will you take me in your under your wings in so many words what did that conversation look like with her Yes. Um, well, there were, to me, when I was looking, like, who could be that person? Um, honestly, I needed someone who, at least to me, appeared um, to be 
authentic in their faith. Um, cause I think oftentimes you can walk into a church and there are people who smile and are nice. Um, but people, when they say like, how are you doing and take the time to really listen, um, that to me really made a difference. And so for her, she was someone who, in my observation, just really like cared for people. She would show up, um, you know, and just a person of their word. So for me, it was a matter of, I mean, I was so afraid because one rejection, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, when I approached her, I just said like, this is where I'm not in my life. I am lost. And I'm trying to find my way. Okay, so part of this healing journey for you sounded like you were able to get connected to an amazing mentor, which you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in the journey of healing, whether it's through a trauma like you experienced or something else, like, would you agree that community is like such a key? Oh my goodness, yes. It's vital. Yeah. Um, That's so I just want to encourage you know, the, the listeners who have, have stuffed some experience, whether it's a big thing or it's seemingly small, like there is so much healing. We know, um, I mean, scripture tells us that when we get things out in the light and share it with others, then, then our healing comes. And so I just commend you for that courageous step of like getting it out in the life at light. And, you know, since you did, since that moment of sharing, you know, probably one of the most difficult moments in your life, Lou and Riley was born. And so I'd love to dive in a little bit of how healing on this, your um, healing from this journey and um, really owning your story led to this beautiful business. Yes. Um, after all of this healing, <laughs> I'm actually met my husband in the process of my healing, which is a whole other thing. Um, and he just really showed me this biblical love that I didn't think was real. Um, but in that, my brother passed away and my husband continued just his journey with me through that grief. And my brother's death and these traumatic experiences really kind of just taught me the gift of life. Um, and I had some really unhealthy, <laughs> like, work-obsessed habits. Um, so after my brother's death, I kind of just said I wanted to take a step back, breathe, um, and really just kind of give myself into my passions, the things that I love. And um, confession here, it took me a long time to get to that place. <laughs> um, again, I think it's really just because I felt like, oh, I'm thriving in my career. And I had worked in nonprofit fundraising and um, was the communications uh, director for, you know, a state agency. And just, wow, talk about like your career booming. I really just felt like I was doing all of these great accomplishing these great things for my personal career. Um, but it really wasn't until my husband and I embarked on this like nomadic season that we're in of traveling for his work um, that I had to revisit like what are the dreams and the passions in my life and I have forgotten about them. 
Um, so it was really sweet to rediscover those dreams and those gifts um, that the Lord has given me. And gosh, just in that process. um, Did that mean when you left your job, when you took this job with your husband and traveled, did that mean leaving yours or were you still able to work? Yes. No, that that meant leaving my job. Wow. Um, And I, yeah, I wrestled with that because it was like, I'm doing so well. Like, how can I say no to this? And, you know, I mean, I was given even the option, I mean, of having more, I mean, my employer was willing, more than willing to make this work. And I just knew that the way that I gave myself to my job was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I lived and breathed my job and rightfully because I worked in child welfare services. So it was a worthy cause. Um, and I was very passionate again about being a voice for the voiceless and the vulnerable. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I was passionate about it, but I knew that that season was coming to a close. Um, so while we have been journeying across the country, um, I kind of was just met with the ugly of like, hey, Peng Shua, here you are in the quiet, literally. And you know, in the quiet, our brain goes to places. Um, (laughs) But, you know, again, I was met with a battle of like, what are you doing? Your life is meaningless. And just having to come back to this place of, no, your life is filled with purpose and um, exchanging really my thoughts <laughs> for yeah. the Lord's thoughts. Um, and it's been sweet because I'm reminded of all of these things that I've wanted to do in my life. And God has just really given me that time and space to do that. So my brother's death, um, I mean, really was like, I used that almost like as a milestone marker for myself to be reminded of living my life with intention and purpose because he died at age 27 and he was two years older than me. So ever since past 27, I'm like, wow, this is a year my brother has not seen. Um, You know, so for me, I was just kind Mm. of like, oh, like you have been so gifted with this life and Launching Lou and Riley was the scariest thing. Um, I, yes, again, it's just like, go ahead. Yeah, t- tell us about Lou and Riley and why jewelry? Oh, why jewelry, yes. So I dabbled in, I'm a very creative person. I just love to work with my hands. I love to write creatively. Um, and honestly, I landed into jewelry making just, by happenstance, um, we're, we're on a really tight budget living on the road. Um, right. And I just said to myself, I can't convince myself to pay like $50, $60 on like these really pretty earrings. And I was obsessed with them. Um, and I just, you know, I had some friends who were like, you can totally make that. You're such a creative person. And I just said, okay, like I've got the time, why not? Um, And from there, I started making jewelry for myself and friends, family. I mean, they would just inquire. And I started posting on my personal social media pages and just like, oh, hey, look at what I'm doing. I'm just trying this thing out. It's really fun. 
Um, and I just started to get like personal, like requests from friends, like, can you make something for my girlfriend? Or I've got this wedding, you know, that I'm going to, and I would love to give something to the bride. Um, so it just got like, I don't, it spiraled out of hand, like really fast. And everyone was like, do an Etsy, do an Etsy. And I was just like, if I'm going to do something, like, I want it to be me. Like, I yeah, just, right. I mean, there's nothing against Etsy, but because right. the creative in me, I was like, I need that expression mm-hmm. and I need something that can fully reflect, like, my desire, my brand. And um, so, yeah, I went to a drawing board, created a vision board. I just, I'm a visual person. I love vision boards. Yes. So I created a vision board and I just said, okay, like, let's do this. Like, where do we start? And, exactly. Um, it's, it's been an incredible journey. And really what I like to say is giving myself permission to face my fears and do it anyway. Wow. Um, yeah. So here we are. Um, it's, it's been unbelievable. I, not only am I a visual person, but I truly believe that the dreams that we write down are dreams that we can continually be reminded of, like, allowing God to partner with us. Yeah. Um, so just to be, like, totally transparent, um, you know, I just said to myself, like, okay, wrote, I wrote this down on paper. I said, God, like, if we could make you know, like $500 a month just to start, like, yay, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know, and then within like the first year, like I would love to make like $1,000 a month. And then within like two years, I would love to replace what my was salary, you know, like that was the dream. And gosh, like he has just completely wowed me. How many years have you been in business? Um, believe it or not, this is my ninth month. <gasps> and you surpassed those goals or you're projected to? Oh, no, like I'm projected to. I haven't, wow. but my first, like my first year goals, um, wow. I've already surpassed. Wow. Um, which <laughs> we're still working a two-year goal, but yeah, it's, I mean, just amazing. Congratulations. Pink schwa that Thank is you. huge and I want to I want to mine out a little a few nuggets that you shared with us and I feel like this whole idea is important it's not just for entrepreneurs it's not just for mm-hmm. creatives like it's for the mom who is home with her kids it's for you know the part-time worker but this whole idea of like owning our story and for Mm -hmm. those of us who are listening who are creative and we're like but what should we do or maybe we're in that job that is it's going great and everything on the outside looks like you know fancy and like it's smooth sailing Mm -hmm. but there's this inner tug like you were you were sensing and you said number one like what are you passionate about and I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times as women, we can just put our passions aside. Like, oh, this is not a big deal. This doesn't really matter. I did this with health and fitness. I'm like, there's starving kids in Africa. Like me working out or telling other people how to work out is not going to change the world. (laughs) But come to find (laughs) out, like this passion was placed in me for a reason. And then the second thing is what do people say? You know, you said that you followed this passion of creativity, working with your hands, you created jewelry and people saw you create jewelry and they're like, Hey, 
Peng Shui, you're great at that. You should do that. And so you listened to the voices of people that you respected around you. Mm-hmm. And then number three is you did something about it and you actually made stuff and you shared it on social media. So for someone listening, maybe that could be like, maybe you make a bracelet and you start just sharing it or like, right. you know, giving it as a gift and like seeing what, seeing what sticks. And then the last thing that you've done so brilliantly is like following the demand. Like you discovered, Oh, people like this. Like this is, this could actually be a profitable thing, turning my passion into profit. And so I think that's such a great, you know, great steps to more if we're sensing that inside of us, whether or not we you know, things look good. And then, you know, you're sharing, I'd love to just dig in before we wrap up here a little bit about the practical steps to actually starting Lou and Riley. So I, you know, you wrote your vision board, you kind of got it all out. You wrote down some really practical goals. And I love this point you made of you gave yourself permission to face fears, which I feel like is so key. Like vision boards, people are not realistic all the time, right? They're they're not (laughs) like, easy. Like, yeah, I'm just going to give myself an hour a day for the next month. Like it's big, it's vision, it's things that are uncomfortable and stretch us. And you did that. And then you, you activated your faith, which I love that too, of saying like, okay, Lord, here's my dream. And I want to invite you into this. And now your, your expectations are being exceeded. And so is there anything else, if there's someone listening who has like an unction, who has an idea, what would you say to them practically speaking? Like what is the first steps for creating a brand or a business? Yeah. I mean, again, mentorship, I think that is really key. Um, one of the first things that I did when I actually did this, like I launched and then I reached out to, um, she was a specialist who works in like the fashion industry. And I just had like a two hour, like session with her. Um, they were broken up into two sessions, um, that really just getting clarity on the vision and clarity on what are the areas that I'm not going to do well in? Because we all have our strengths and weaknesses. And so being able to identify those things early on and figuring out where can you get help. Um, For me, time management, because I'm such a creative person, I can get lost in like the doing. Um, So my husband really holds me accountable (laughs) to time management. Um, But, you know, just being able to figure out, you know, what your gifts are and like where you need help and it's okay to ask for help. Um, and, and the other practical thing is telling your friends and family about it. I was really nervous to do that just because mm-hmm. again, I felt like I'm putting myself out there. Like what if I don't do well? Um, exactly. Yes. But, you know, I just said, okay, you have, like, I'm already, I've already done this. So exactly, <laughs> I yeah. need all the support I can get. But it's humbling, but it's also so rewarding when you can invite others into that process. Totally. Yeah. People don't like to sell. And at the end of the day, any business, like we are selling, but it's, we, mm-hmm. we sell by telling a story. And when we tell a compelling story that people want to be a part of, we don't, we don't actually have to sell, you know, it's just natural and normal because we're providing a value and we're inviting people into our story versus trying to sell them something. So I think it's brilliant. Mentorship, um, Peng Chua said, and some, did you have to pay for that session, those sessions? 
Well, the first one was not paid. Um, the second session was. So okay. I would say most coaches do like a free um, clarity call. Yeah. And then from there, there are definitely some groups that, especially with like social media, there are so many Facebook groups that you can probably engage in. Um, like a Christian community, uh, there's one called Business Boutique. Um, and there's just a bunch of like entrepreneurs on there. So different little niches for whatever your, mm-hmm. you know, demographic yeah. may be. Um, but yeah, they're out there. You just got to look for them. So yeah, super valuable time management and then sharing with friends and family. No one, no one can read your mind. I mean, it's like, you know, for those of us who are married or in a serious relationship, sometimes I'm like, you can't, you don't don't you know what I'm thinking right now? And my husband's like, I have no idea. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to tell you. <laughs> like people, you need to talk about it, right? right? So um, where can we learn more about you? Where can we see your beautiful jewelry? Tell us all the places. Tell us all the things. Yes. Um, well, I have an online store. It's uh, Lou and Riley. It's L-U-E and Riley.com. And then I am also on Instagram and Facebook at Lou and Riley. Great. And you guys need to follow her, especially on Instagram. Your pictures are beautiful and probably because you travel all these exotic places. You have such fun like architecture and it's just, it's really fun to follow along with all your adventures. Um, Thank you. Along with Lou and Riley. And so the last, the last question, Pink Schwa, that I ask all my guests is to share with us an in real life moment. And this is basically an embarrassing moment in our life, but we like to keep it real because we all just experience love, <laughs> right? So if you have any in real life moments you'd like to share with us, um, now is your time to shine. Let's see. Um, okay, in real life. Well, most days I wake up and put or have my pajamas on <laughs> um, and I go to work in my pajamas but there you go yes it's you know I I, I think that's the whole thing about social media like you see these very put together moments and photos but I hardly brush my hair like <laughs> I don't even know where my hair brush is that's awesome. I love that. That's I don't even real. know what my hairbrush is. That wins. That is an in real life moment if I've ever heard it. I don't know where my hairbrush is. That is awesome. Well, thank you for stepping out in courage, for owning your story. And for the listeners, I have re- I, I have an amazing pair of earrings. She wrote this the most beautiful note, and I know that she takes this whole mentorship seriously. So please reach out to her. She has so much to give. And um, thank you for all you're doing, Pink Schwa, to help us to step into who we were created to be. Thank you, Brock. It was a joy to be here. Hopefully you can swing by Minnesota and all your travels soon. Yes, absolutely. I love hearing people's stories who have overcome. I was so inspired by how she tells her story and chooses to continue to live in forgiveness. And even a step beyond that is committed to investing into others' lives. And I know because she has done that exact thing for me. Today's number one takeaway to take a step further in your wellness journey is to forgive. 
And this might be hard for some of us to hear, but unforgiveness is like putting yourself in a jail cell and giving the offender the key. Forgiveness is not making light of what happened. It's actually releasing yourself from a prison so you can move on with healing. Although I won't get into that entire subject at this moment, I encourage you to take a moment and ask yourself if there's anyone you need to forgive and do so this week. I love Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Sister, bitterness, rage, anger, slander, they only harm us, both our physical body and our soul. And I guarantee if you choose to forgive, your health will soar to new levels. I believe you can do this. With that, please subscribe and leave a review. Why? What we do here is more than having side conversations. I believe others will find healing through this, and they can find Well Woman Collaborative Podcasts when you leave a short review. Don't forget, you'll also be entered to win the first 100 reviews for Well Woman Collaborative Podcasts are entered into a drawing for a book, free signed copy of Food Freedom Book, along with a bundle of some of my favorite healthcare supplements for amazing sleep and fat burning abilities. Sounds great, right? All right, ladies, we'll chat with you next time.